championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Welcome to 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and I'm drew alongside by Jacob Dedimore and Jason Chilton this week. Y'all, it's been a while. We hadn't been doing a show until Texas won, and guess what? Texas won, and for that, we brought on a special guest in Tope Imade, the offensive lineman for the Longhorns, the senior, had a good going-out presence. Tope Imade been a while since we talked how are you doing man uh, i'm doing great uh doing good just finished my last game as a longhorn and just looking forward to being a fan now so let's go what uh were some of the emotions that you went through on senior day i mean especially you've been here this was your sixth year and it, you've had such uh a, an interesting career here just from the standpoint of what you've seen and what you've had to go through uh, both personally and as a team, you know, with COVID and everything else. So what, I mean, what were your emotions on Friday as you approached that game and then afterwards? Uh, well, it was very emotional uh, because the whole day I'm just thinking about my mom, you know, like the whole time I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to run out with her, run out with a picture of her. And it's crazy because, you know, I got a lot of love from my coaches and a lot of fans as I was waiting in the tunnel. And, uh, you know, it was just very emotional, you know, and, just think now I start, to, I start to reflect like, you know, damn, I've been here six years, you know, and if you would have told me like Sugar Bowl year was my halfway point in my college career, I wouldn't have believed you. So all that, I just started going through my mind. And as I ran out, I was just like, man, like when I finally did it, like I'm finally here, like six years of college football, like it's unheard of, you know, like my freshman year, our, we had a six year senior, uh, y'all may know him, Sherrod Evans. I'm not sure if y'all remember him or not. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. so I would have never thought I'd be in, in, in his position too. So just, you know, running out there, I just, I felt all the emotions, happiness, sadness, you know, gratefulness, you know, it was, it was, it was a crazy day, but I'm appreciate I appreciate the experience. It, it was a long, a long six years hard, but definitely worth it. Well, you, you do have one of the more interesting perspectives on the team. You, yeah. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You might be the only guy on the team that has been here for, Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, and Steve Sarkeesian. You've seen all three guys at the end of one era and then the beginning of another and then a complete era in the middle there. When you look back on it, what would you say is like the biggest difference between the three coaches? Because I I read what you posted on Twitter uh, over the weekend. And if you haven't uh, read it, go read it. Yes, I I would definitely recommend going to read it if you haven't. you know, you're very high on Coach Sarkeesian and the staff as to where you think they can take them. When you look back at Coach Strong and then the whole time with Coach Herman and now Coach Sarkeesian, the differences between them and what makes you so confident that Coach Sarkeesian is the one to take Texas where they want it to go? Uh, well, I, it's it's currently me and Denzel. You know, we came in together in 2016, that 2016 class. So Denzel, actually, yes, of course. We're, we're actually roommates right now. We talk about this all the time. We talk about similarities, differences, you know, how is it better? How is it worse? You know, so um, with Coach Strong, like I could just speak personally, uh, my freshman year, you know, you want to do what the other guys are doing. You want to do what the older guys are doing, you know, and, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of, there wasn't really any leadership on that team. So, uh, it sucked. 
I was home the first week of December. You could tell like the culture of that team wasn't where it was it was supposed to be, you know. And um, you know, we we Coach Strong got fired that year. Coach Herman came in, and and he that you know 2017 was just hard for everybody, you know, from off season all the way to the Texas Bowl. And y'all heard about the burnt breakfast and soggy oatmeal that we had to all that crap and <laughs> that you know that kind of you know rubbed people the wrong way and you know we had a lot of tension on that team so uh but the coaching the coaching was great um i, I moved i was on defense moved to move to offense and back to defense because connor towards eight as mcl or he sprained or whatever it was um and then uh they needed they needed depth on the o-line to move back didn't really see any playing time still traveled though uh Again, went through four years of Herman, you know, Texas Bowl, Sugar Bowl, two Alamo Bowls, ended up getting fired. Uh, Sark comes in and, you know, he went, they first, uh, our start team meeting wasn't until like late January, wherever, got to know him, got to know the staff. I missed spring ball, uh, but I still knew the offense. We, I still met when I was at home because my home mom, uh, Pat, my mom's passing. So, um, just get knowing the offense. I knew like we put up, we put up points in practice. We put up points, uh, not really in the spring game, but you know, come fall, we're putting up points in, in fall camp, putting up points in, in season. You know, we had one of the best offenses in, in, in the, in the, in the big 12. So, and that's something I haven't really seen, you know, even though the record doesn't really reflect that. So I'm, I'm speaking from an offensive perspective where I'm seeing things like, Damn, I, I thought this was this is what we could have been in 2017 and 2018. So, uh, just just seeing that growth offensively and you know defensively too. Like you know guys guys are guys are you know keeping it just more cohesive. Like they're more together. And uh, I can't really speak on defense because I don't know much about it. Because you know I'm not I'm not, I'm not on that side of the ball. But you know speaking offensively, like I, I talk about Coach Flood all the time. Like he's my fourth O line coach. You know I was recruited. Technically five because I was recruited by Wickline. I mean, Denzel talked about this all the time. Where, you know, <laughs> we don't know why we committed to Texas because Wickline was wasn't really a good recruiter. Uh, it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I, trust me, it's you know, I, I don't know why I committed because of Coach Strong. I was the first O line commit, but you know, I had him, then Maddox and Wareheim, then uh, Herman Brown and Coach Hand and. I didn't really develop, and Denzel didn't really play that much as well. He played Coach Hands last year in 2020. I played once he got hurt, but and we talk about this all the time. Where like Coach Flood like develops guys, and I say this because you know I mentioned in my letter like a lot of stuff is like I'm six six or six five and a half, three forty, and I have all the tangibles right. I have physically like physically I'm dominant right, but mentally it's like okay do i have the confidence to go out there and play like the last time i played was you know december 2015 my senior year of high school like so just from january to now just leading up coach Flood has been motivating me technique this and that you know and we all just bought in and you know again he he has, he's he's a professional he worked in the nfl he worked at the you know arguably the best college team in the country you know alabama right so he has the experience he's he's won the Outland, Joe Moore Award, and Remington Trophy in, in one year. And, and so it's like unheard of. So uh, he came in here, did what he did. And he, he's been developing guys ever since. So, uh, yeah. So again, me and I'll talk about it like, hey, like this could be, even though the record doesn't say that, like this could be the guy, this can, this Coach Shark and, and Coach Flood, like 
this could be this could be their year or next year, whatever it may be, if we just get the right guys in here. So you're talking about development of an offensive line. Yeah. You've been through four coach, five coaches. Yeah. What is that? What does development look like? It's been hard to do it across coaches, but you've seen it with a few guys that have gone to Texas. What is yeah. development? How does development come across? How does it come about? Like with me, it's like I like knowing why. You know, why why should I put my hand here? How how is this technique gonna help? And the thing is, like, Coach Flood, our our previous learning, like our previous teachings of O-line material would be debunked by Coach Flood. And then he'd show us film on why it wouldn't work. And then he would show his film on, on his technique and his stuff and why it does work. And, and we do it in practice. And it, lo and behold, like, it happens. You know, we, we stop guys. We, we make holes. We do all this other stuff. And even with, you know, just, again, technique, uh, play calls, like, everything, we're all – every play – like. Every play is designed to score, and then Coach Coach Flood just like goes in depth, like okay, it's more than just running plays. You have to know who, what, where, when. Like you have to know all that stuff. So I just bought in because of how much he poured into me, and also also my teammates. So just again, just you know, it's a long long answer to your short questions. Like knowing the whys, the who's, the what's. You know why why are we going to this guy? How do we make the technique work? How does the technique apply to the play? You know because every play has a different technique and he makes us, he makes us understand why that, why that is and why it's so effective, you know? So, and I've never had that before, honestly. So every meeting was like an aha moment and not just for me, but for other guys as well. So offensive linemen are big, strong, this and that, but like majority of it's kind of like mental. We're like, okay, we're the guys making holes. How do we make these holes? Who do we get? Who do we go to? Who do we work to? You know? So because flood helped us realize that. And then, you know, here we are. So, and that's why I'm so I speak so highly of them because you know every meeting was a, an aha moment. Like, okay, I realized this. I know what we're doing now. So, uh, yeah. What would be one example of that? Like something that he showed you that might have been different in the past, and kind of how it fit into the context of the play, and what made you realize, okay, that's why I'm doing that, and that's how it fits into what we're trying to accomplish in the bigger picture. Even just like for pass protection, like we've always been coached to set vertical and create space, but we're giving D-line the time to run up and either bull rush us or, you know, one, one arm bull, rush, you know, whatever, it, whatever it may be, but. Make their move. Like, yeah. You know, we're, 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 like, again, exactly. Will like, why are we giving them that time to do that? He, he like, cause Flood makes the point, like, just stop them online. Like don't give them a, a chance to do anything. Stop them on the line. You're big enough. You're strong enough. And this is what he's telling me. Like, again, I'm 340, 20% body fat. Like I know I'm strong. Right. So just gave me this confidence, like, hey, just set him on the line. That's what I got to do. And it works. Uh, unlike a year or two ago, like, where I was set back and I would get spin, I will get bull rush, this and that. So, like, the teachings make sense once it starts to work. So, like, you know I mean? I'm just in practice, like, okay, let me just try this real quick. And I do it and it works. I'm like, okay, what else is he right about? So, people started to catch on. Like, the whole line started to catch on and we just started listening ever since. So, it works. So basically, if I'm if I'm hearing you right, is what you're saying is is at least from the offensive perspective, Coach Sark, Coach Flood, and that that side of the ball, they are they've been better teachers than yeah. previous the previous stabs, previous position coaches. These guys are doing it. These guys do a better job of teaching and explaining why this we're doing it this way and why it works. Yeah. So especially again, I can only speak on offensive line play, but. Coach Stark and Coach Flood, like again, they preach the details. They they preach the uh, specifics, right? They 
it wants you to know the whys, the who tos, the how tos. You know, uh, again, Coach Flood, he he's worked with the Falcons, so he knows how to be a pro. Who knows how to carry himself, carry the unit, and you know, set expectations expectations for us to follow. Right? This Coach Flood is a teacher. He wants you. You know, I I can't say it enough how how much he wants us to. He wants us to play free, but also know how how to play. You know, and uh, he he stresses that every meeting and. Uh, I know this season has been had its ups and downs, but again, like y'all mentioned, like the back end of the season, we kind of started to figure our way out and stuff like that. So not everything is going to be an immediate change. So uh, I'm happy y'all were able to notice that towards the back end of the season. So it just show you how how good of a coach Coach Flood is. So yeah, when you know the hows and the whys, it allows you to play a lot freer. It allows you to do a lot more and to exploit. Exactly. Uh, but I do want to go back in your time in Texas and just, you know, how has your experience been at Texas? Uh, humbling, I would say. And then uh, just a lot of perseverance, you know, uh, like I mentioned before, like <laughs> I haven't played, I haven't started a game in six years from high, you know, since high school, you know, every, everybody leaves high school, the guy and wants to make an immediate impact once, uh, once they step on college campus, like, I remember this one time freshman year, I was like upset where Coach Maddox moved up P. Hud from scout team instead of me to to like to contribute to the offense that year. And like And who's P. Hud? Patrick Hudson. I'm sorry. Patrick Hudson. Okay. Yeah, my bad. I should be more clear. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, but again, humbling, right? So and then again, like next year I'm not playing, so they move into defense. And I had some I had some stuff on defense too where like you know, I was doing good. I liked the position. Like, I love the position group. I had leaders like uh, Chris Nelson, Puna Ford, you know, and even Malcolm Roach. And we're in the same class. Like, he 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 would spend time with me to you know learn the plays and do all this other stuff. Uh, but still, was still on scout team. Still didn't really get, still didn't really get playing time. Even in fact, my my first play on defense, I got pancaked. <laughs> like, uh, we we played against uh, San Jose State, which you know, makes it even worse. But. Uh, you know, it's just, you know <laughs> and then the next couple of years, I, you know, I did, I didn't play at all. Just, you know, I was on the bench, got some special, some uh, special teams work in. Uh, but then again, for me to start, you know, the back end of the season, you know, unfortunately after Denzel got hurt and finished my last game, it was me, Roshan and X as offensive player of the game, like that, that meant a lot to me. So just kind of capping off my six years. So that's that perseverance part I, I kind of talked about, I mentioned before, so. You know, one of the things that I find interesting about your case is the fact that you did stay here, not only just for six years, but you stayed here through two coaching changes. Yeah. And, you know, I would say maybe not the majority of the time, but a lot of times, you know, when a coaching change happens, you see guys, you know, decide at some point, whether it be right after the coaching change or maybe the year after the first year after that coaching change that they need to find someplace else because it's just either not a fit. This new coach isn't a fit for them or they want a chance to play. You persevered through all of that and stayed here for six years. What was it that made you want to stay despite all of the constant changing that was happening at the co in the coaching staff? Well, I knew I wanted to be at Texas regardless of what happened. So regardless, of gonna, I was going to graduate from here. You know, I'm born and raised in Texas. Like this is the ideal destination we call it for Texans coming out of high school to, to, you know, to go to. So I knew UT Austin was the place. Uh, secondly, again, like I mentioned, uh, I was, I did media last week, uh, Denzel, you know, we, we've done everything together since we, we since we stepped up, uh, stepped on campus. Um, 
I'm sure yeah. Denzel was maybe part of your decision to stay, and maybe he was part yeah. of yours. Or, you know, the two it, of you. It worked, it worked both ways. Like, he was only staying if I was, and I was only staying if he was, you know, like, it, it's it's hard to do something without your best friend, you know, especially if you've been in a, a relationship for four years. And, you know, once he once he registered in, in uh, 2019 and the whole COVID thing happened, like, and we had an option to stay again, like, you're like, let's just do it, bro. There's one last ride. Let's do it together. So, uh, we, you know, and who else would, you know, we were the only guys on the team who's been through through head coaches. So uh, well, we, we didn't know that at the time, you know, like in 2020 until it actually happened. But. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a huge, a huge reason why I stayed also academics, you know, um, I was able to get my master's in 10 months and I'm starting on my second one right now. So like, you know, I'm just kind of, again, it's on, it's on my Twitter bio, kind of redefining the standard, the standard humble brag, from, humble brag, from humble brag yeah, he's <laughs> 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 redefining the standards of being a student athlete, right? So hopefully that's encouraging my teammates to pursue postgraduate degrees and, uh, you know, redshirting is the bad thing, you know, I thought it was at the time, but look at me now. Right. So I'm prepared in whichever career path I want to go to. Uh, so, yeah. So I do want to ask you about your thoughts on, you know, the start of the Herman era, the end of the Herman era. Uh, yeah. what happened during that era that, I mean, you saw sort of the, the peak of it and sort of the decline. What were some of the turning points in that era that, that you saw that foretold what was going to happen? Well, I thought we were on an incline for the per- the first two years. You know, like I didn't I didn't make a bowl game my freshman year with Coach Strong, and we went to the Texas Bowl the next year. So I'm like, okay, things are looking up. Then the next year we go to the Sugar Bowl, and then next year Alamo Bowl, and the following year Alamo Bowl. So uh, 2020 was kind of a messed up year, anyways. But uh, I wouldn't say there was a decline. Mm-hmm. I would say there were expectations that weren't met, if that makes sense. I would agree. Like, we're not yeah. – didn't drop from, you know, what we finished 10-3 and three in Sugar Bowl year. We didn't drop from that to, like, another losing season, right? So, right. I felt like there were ex- expectations by people higher up that weren't met uh, by, the, by, by, the, by that team that year. So, uh, no shade on Coach Herman or anything like that, but – you just again, just I just feel like expectations were met because we're Texas. We're we're expected to win. We're, spe- we're expected to win big, and if that doesn't happen in a while, and it's been two years, it was two years since the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I, I guess people thought it was time for him to go or something. So that's unfortunate. But sounds like you weren't a big fan of that change. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of people getting fired. Like I know they have families and and whatnot, but I do understand. Like it's a business, and it's a business that's that pays well. So I can't feel too bad. Right. So, uh, you know, whichever way, whatever, like I, if I'm put in the position to succeed and I don't care what, I don't care what coach comes in or whatever it may be. So ultimately I feel like this is a good move because it brought me coach flood, uh, and coach shark. So I can't, I can't really complain. So, uh, regardless of what the season, uh, regardless of what our record is right now, like I developed, for the first time in my six years, and I couldn't be any more grateful for, grateful for that. So I count that as a, as a success in my in my book. So that's interesting. So it sounds like everybody's pretty happy with Steve Sarkeesian and their offensive coaches, at least yeah. on the, again on the offensive side of the ball. But what exactly happened this year? What happened in the locker room to explain, you know? 
the sl- probably explain the slide. The, yeah, the slide. The, this, the this six season. game losing streak, where pretty much all of them, it was the second half of those games that went yeah. south. Well, I just feel like I can only speak on how close we are, you know, and uh, how how close the staff is, you know, like again, we went through another coaching change, and people are like scrambling this and that, and like I know how that has no effect on the season, but. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a lack of leadership. We have plenty of that. We even have freshman leaders, like in my opinion. Like I, I, I brag on Byron Murphy all the time. Like that guy's insane, you know. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say it's leadership or any type of complacency. Like we we come to work and practice every single day. You know, we get pushed every single day. Like if we were getting blown out, that'd be a different thing. But again, we're, we're close. So that's really, really all I can say about it. When you look at where this team is right now, what are the things that you think need to be accomplished this coming spring and into the summer for them to have a more successful season this fall? I feel like we're doing everything right, honestly. It's just a matter of getting used to the system again. Uh, again, we've been with Sark for about 10, 11 months. So another year under Sark, people get used to the, the system, the offense. There would be more uh, it would there'd be more comfortability in terms of knowing what the plays are, knowing who to, the how-tos, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, like I mentioned in my letter, just recruiting, like recruiting is huge for us. And, uh, if it's one thing coaches ask for it's effort and and being able to recruit. So I'm not sure we signed like two guys last year or one guy, I don't know, whatever, whatever it may be. And that's kind of unheard of, but, uh, just being, being able to recruit, having that constant rotation of the only rotation that should be going on is being able to bring guys in and not bringing coaches in and out. Right. So, uh, my thing is just like, just being able to be comfortable with the players, getting used to the plays, knowing the system now, and then just being able to recruit guys to come in and uh, immediately can, uh, contribute. So there we go. One thing that I've wondered about, you know, from an O-line perspective, I've heard different O-linemen at the college and pro level talk about this with different backs, but what is it like when you're blocking for somebody that you know is really special. Is there kind of a different emotion? Is there a temptation to, as soon as he clears the line, kind of look up and watch? Like when yeah. you got Bijan Robinson taking the rock behind you, what what does that feel like? Yeah. So like even even my my first game, uh, again, I keep bringing this up. Like I haven't played in six years. Like my one of my biggest warriors was like, like I can't let Bijan down. I can't let Bijan down. Even when I first got that start, Bijan called me that Monday when you know when the whole depth chart got released. Like. And people don't know, like, I'm sure y'all know this, but, like, Bijan is, like, one of the most genuine, genuine, genuine human beings I've ever met. Probably ever, honestly. But he called me that Monday when he found out I was starting. I was already asleep around 1130. He's like, hey, man, you're starting, man. This, that's awesome, bro. I can't wait to see you play. Like, and that's just my mindset that whole week was like, okay, I can't let Bijan down. I got to be able to execute this play. Got to do this. Got to do that. So uh, when the game finally came, I know B. John had like a like two two big runs. Like there is that temptation to look him like, okay, where's he going now? Where's yeah? Because after the, I think that was like a week or that was two weeks after after the Oklahoma game and after his big run there. So like I was tempted tempted to see like just to look up and see where he's at. But like the, the special the special thing about B. John is like, you know, nobody plays perfect at all. So you can you can make a block and B. John can still spread out. You know, like you half you know kind of whiff on a block unintentionally of course and being can still make a play out of it so uh having a special a special back like that and even with roshan too and y'all saw it last game roshan's a freaking beast so uh there's also that temptation with roshan as well to look up and like okay where is he going to be at too so 
uh, yeah, but the, you know, that first game, I was pretty nervous. I didn't want to, I didn't want to let, let any of them down. So uh, it was pretty good. It was good. So. Tell us a little bit about about Roshan because you're talking at least, especially with Jason and myself, we are we are Roshan stands. You know, yeah. because Come this, on. I mean, Me? this guy. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is. I just know where Jason I, and I, I sit on I, this. My, okay? my Twitter account has been a Roshan Johnson fan account since two since 2019. So you know, a fit an official you know, I, Roshan <laughs> fan account. He you has know, got I mean, a Star David and Roshan Johnson tattooed on his back. I'll have. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hanukkah. Um, Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Exactly. Um, you know, Roshan is a guy, and you know, I would put you in this category as well. Roshan, just obviously, it was a little more of a high-profile thing that moved from quarterback to running back just because the team needed it, and because he had the ability to do it, and ends up sticking there and being a productive player there. And from all reports, is just you know one of the best team guys, teammates, team leaders uh, around. And you know what? I mean, what is? What has that guy done just for the program in the time he's been here? Yeah, he is definitely the most vocal, and he is definitely a, a leader. Uh, the thing is, like people, people think like people have this t- this type of uh, this kind of selfishness, or or like I'm not gonna take orders, or I'm not gonna get be led by a younger guy. Where like I'm okay with that. Roshan, he's backed up his play or his talk with his play. And even he had this one run uh, where it's Kansas State where, like, you know, he got, you know, he got hit or whatever. And he's kept going for, like, another two yards or whatever, like, on the sideline or whatever. And the crowd kind of got hyped to that. Like, that's Roshan as a person. That's Roshan as a leader. You know, he's going to keep going. And, you know, his, his his voice just speaks volumes to the team. And uh, definitely love blocking for that guy. So, Roshan, I understand why you guys are Roshan stands. I might be one too. Now that I'm, now that I'm a fan as well. So, uh, <laughs> he, he's a great guy. He's a great leader. You know, that running back room is just something special too. So, Keelan as well. So Keelan just got here and he's already got some respect from the team. So, uh, the whole that whole room is is pretty special. So you're talking yeah. about young leaders on this team. Yeah. Who on the offensive line is that? And what about Xavier Worthy? Is he a, is he an offensive leader as well? Yeah. So very first question, uh, Jake Majors, and when I say when I say he's the smartest guy in the room, like I I truly do mean that. Like he knows his position, the guards and the tackles position. You know, and uh, thing is, like I couldn't have been put in a better position when I first started uh, this year, where I'm. To the left of me is the, is the smartest guy in the room, and to the right of me is the most experienced guy in the room, and Derek Kerstetter. So I couldn't be in, in a more better position. And to your second question, Xavier, I know he's, he's going to be a great leader in the future as well. You know, freshmen, freshmen really don't have as, as big, as rare people, people have a, a season like Xavier as a freshman. So he's already got a lot of respect from the older guys, and, uh, and he's definitely vocal as well too. So he's kind of like Roshan, but Roshan, he, Roshan brings that passion. So – Xavier is, is going to be a leader next year, and then I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. So, especially with the, with 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 the in the receiver room, so we'll see. Yeah, and this is one, and I'm I'm going to ask this delicately. Yeah. Um, you probably have heard the saying, "If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any." Yeah. So this year, obviously, occasionally it was for injury reasons, uh, but sometimes for play reasons. The, we had a rotation at the quarterback situation, and that's something that they really haven't had at Texas 
for a few years, especially the majority of your time here. You had a very strong leader in Sam Ellinger. Uh, this year, you know, Hudson won the job coming out of camp, ends up getting benched, and then uh, you had Casey come in. Without saying anything about either guy as far as their level of play of any of that, do you think that it might have been better for the team if once a decision was made that this, the coaching staff should have just stuck with that one guy through growing pains at all, growing pains and all since neither one had been a starter before? And maybe should is that hopefully what they'll do in the future is find your one guy and just go with him? I mean, I, I don't know how the quarterback – you know, evaluation goes, but I, I can just speak on both guys. They're both hardworking and smart and, and strong, and uh, they motivate the O-line to do even better every game. So uh, I don't know how the decision goes down. Like, I know uh, people ideally want one quarterback, but they're both great guys. They're both great people, and they both execute in practice. So uh, granted, uh, the, the whole season and stuff like that, uh, again, like you mentioned, that's their first year starting, right? So I'm sure Sam made his similar mistakes his freshman year. Oh, or yeah. His freshman oh, yeah. Of course. So, yeah. So let's, let's give it a year, see how, see how it goes. Whoever comes in, comes in, like they can compete and see who's best for the job. But let's give it another year and see how things go. That's a good, good answer. answer. Okay. That's a good answer. Uh, Tope, what has been your favorite part of being a Texas Longhorn? A, a favorite game, uh, a favorite moment in the locker room, a favorite class at school? Uh, a good fan interaction. What, what has it been? Uh, my favorite moment is probably moments uh, being Notre Dame 2016 and USC 2018, where we both had sellout crowds. It was like a record every year. And that just, that, that just like, just shows me like how, what UT is as a school and as, as a whole and just, the pride it has in itself, right? So we played Notre Dame, which is cool. And I don't know, I don't know why that was such a big game in 2016. I forgot what happened. I think we lost the year before. Con- convincingly. Uh, yeah. That lost big the year before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Notre Dame came in ranked for, ranked like right around number 10, I think, when the season started that year. Mm-hmm. So it was a big national matchup. Okay. Yeah, I remember we played like on a Sunday, right? I think it was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Yep. It was Labor Day weekend on a Sunday. Yeah, and 2018, uh, the whole USC deal, like the trilogy, and uh, that that was that was pretty insane. You know, he had McConaughey there, and it was it was just insane. So just seeing that, just the pride and tradition all in one one place, it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, favorite class, I would say financial management. I my professor, like we talked, we've talked every week, every Wednesday since uh, July 20, 2020. So. Uh, we never missed a meeting, and he's probably one of my closest guy, uh, closest friends. Uh, he was out there for me with my senior day with my family, so it meant a lot for him to be there, and it meant a lot to me as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of my favorite. Me- like, I don't know if memories, memories, all my memories are, are with Denzel. Like, we're best friends. We have our own humor. We have our own language. We have our own like, you know, you know that just the, all those inside jokes we have with each other. It's all my memories are with him, whatever we do. So whether it be football, going out, uh, school, whatever it is, you know, all my, all my memories are with, all my memories are with him. So, uh, yeah, it's, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened in the locker room or the offensive lineman room? 
Give me, give me something like what's what's the best be, story that y'all like if you, tell? If you can, if you can share it, uh, <laughs> I understand if there might be a couple things that you just can't share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. There's just so many things, man. And uh, I mean, there's one time in fall camp, 2018. Um, uh, you know, we were sleeping in the locker room. We had sleeping uh, mattresses or whatever it's called. And uh, Christian Jones, who's a freshman at the time, he was laying down and uh, <laughs> he was laying down in the locker room, whatever, sleeping. And Chris Nelson comes over and like peels a banana and just like uh, puts it in Christian's mouth. And his auto- Christian's automatic reaction <laughs> to the banana was sucking the banana. <laughs> so you know, we all we all just like busted out crying. The funniest Funniest, funniest, funniest thing. Instead of waking up, he just wants to suck the bananas. <laughs> Christian hey, Jones is gonna be so mad you put him on blast like this. Awesome. Oh, it was, that's it was, awesome. It was, it was, it was three years ago. It was his freshman year. He's a senior now, so it's like I feel like it's okay. Some time has passed, right? So. Yeah, no, no. There, there's definitely there's a what is it? Statute limitations has passed. Exactly. You yeah, know. There you go. In the O line room, uh, we 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 joke every day, so uh, it's, it's I can't really name one one thing. So, and we've had four coaches, and we, well, me and Denzel had four coaches. So there's been there's memories within each coach. So it's uh can't name one, but it's it's it, it gets funny there sometimes. So that's funny. The, yeah. When you think about everything, you know, uh, and everything that's gone on from the time you made your decision to now, um. Do you have any regrets about anything? And if you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choice? Yeah, I'd make the same choice, of course. Um, maybe my only, the only thing I probably wish is having Coach Flood sooner. Um, maybe, yeah, who, who would have known? Like, well, if I would have had him sooner, maybe I would, I wouldn't be at Texas. I'd probably be in the league somewhere. You know, like who, who would have known? Like who, who would know? So. Um, Given it two or three years, I'm Coach Flood's going to develop that room like crazy, and you know people may say I'm biased because I he, he played me or whatever. I didn't start the first half of the season like, you know, like I'm still growing. I got better throughout the season, and he saw that when the t- when it was time for the twos to come in against Texas Tech and Rice, like I just came out there bodying guys, you know, like that, and he noticed that, and you know I started I broke my way into the rotation, and and here I am, right? So. Uh, he gave me a chance, you know, and he saw he saw me progress. And I, all, I, all I did was listen to what he said and what he wanted me to do. You want me to get my pads lower? Got you. If you want, to, want me to place my hands here, I got you. So uh, three in, in three, four years, he's going to develop that room like crazy, and I can't wait to see it. So, All right, Tope, here's the part of the show that I'm waiting for. Yeah. DC Marvel. Well- Hang on, Jason uh, had one. Oh, Jason? It, Jason, never mind. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, we, we can we, we can sit for the end. I'm I'm also interested in DC Marvel. Yeah, okay. Marvel. So, D, so, so DC Marvel, <laughs> Tope. Uh, okay, you and uh, I have had this discussion for a while. All right. So you're a DC guy. Yeah. Is what I understand. Why? Yeah. Okay, DC, <laughs> DC in terms of characters, like they have one of the most iconic characters in Superman and Batman, so... Uh, it depends on what you're asking. Like I would say animated movies, it'd, it'd be DC, but you know, live action movies is definitely Marvel because they've been in, in business for 13, 14 years now since 2008 and have grossed over about three, $4 billion. So it's, it's not a competition there. So 
but in terms of in terms of characters and character development, I'll, I'll go DC. So, well, then I mean, you also have I, like I, the Dark Knight Rises, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, if if anybody if anybody like shits on Heath Ledger and that's that's that is probably one of the best movies of all time. So I, I, mean, don't, I don't want it, 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 as the as the the resident old of the podcast here. You know, I I'm going to agree with the man. I mean, DC has been around a lot longer than Marvel. Yeah. Um, he's right in the fact that Superman and Batman are probably the two most iconic comic book characters of all time from a superhero standpoint. Yeah. Um, and he's right on the animated movies. Right. No, I get that. Marvel. But I, when, yeah. I, when I'm looking at the comics, when I'm reading the comics here, I'm I'm much more interested in the characters of guys like Deadpool and Spider-Man and characters like that that sort of are uh, humans finding themselves in a superhero context rather than where DC goes with it, which is a uh, a superhero trying to be a human. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, you you can you can make that argument with Superman, really, but. Batman, he pretty, you know, he kind of is already human, right? So, yeah, but he's I, just a guy. I, I understand what you're saying, though. I understand what you're saying. It's like the old Ben Affleck thing. What's your soup? What is your superpower again? I'm rich. Oh, oh yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Justice League, even though, even though the Justice League, the initial Justice League that came out in 2017 was pure shit, but it was um, trash. The Zack Snyder cut was, was, was amazing. So, if if y'all if y'all want to go watch that, go watch that. And Snyder Cut was yeah. awesome. It really was. It actually it actually made cohesive sense. <laughs> yeah, it did. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I know you didn't want to take on the role of Coach Sark, but if you were put in charge of uh, DC Studios, what would be the next movie you'd make? Let's see. I would do. A, a, they're they're already making a Flash movie, so I can't really see the Flash. Damn it. Uh, I would say Green Lantern because 2011 with with Ryan Reynolds that that is an embarrassment to all movies. It was it was I mean it was it was so bad that Ryan Reynolds shot himself in the head in Deadpool yeah, it over it. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> in the closing credits of Deadpool two, yeah. he shot himself in the head <laughs> when he's looking at the Green Lantern script. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, so I, I would redo Green Lantern. That 2011, you know that yeah. that movie. Was- is complete crap. So because Green Lantern is actually a really good character. Yes. Yeah. St- are, are you going Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner? I'll do Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan or John Stewart. Hal or yeah, I'll do John Stewart. John Stewart because I remember watching the the animated Justice League uh, when I was like a kid, and he was my favorite. So I'll do John Stewart. Man, I, I like it. I do like the Flash, and I'm really excited about the Flash's movie. Yeah, but. I just I can't trust DC, man. I just can't. It just it's yeah, they, it they, sucks. They, they, they blew it. They blew it a couple times. They blew. It oh yeah, times. Warner Brothers Studio jacked has yeah. jacked up so much with that. I mean, but it's. Ugh. I mean, the Flash is, is as close to the Marvel characters of sort of like a like a fun loving dude as yeah. as you're gonna get, and that's what you're that's what you want right now when you know and when Marvel is sort of ruling the universe here. Yeah, and the thing about DC is like, and people people say the same thing about Texas is like the uh, the stability. You know, like they need to be able to have one clear goal where Marvel has have a vision. Yeah, have a know? vision and go. That's why Marvel has thirteen years. You know, damn near twenty movies, and then 
and uh, some, what, four or five TV shows on Disney Plus, and they're all connected in some type of way. So, and that just brings more people, you know, more viewers and stuff like that. So, and the thing about Marvel is like, they had the same guy running the show for 13, 14 years. So uh, you can you, you can see what a little st- stability gets you, you know, if and I'm just kind of like, there's some parallels to what I'm saying, if you, if you pick it up, you know, so mm-hmm. you can yep. see where, where, where stability gets you. So. Uh, it's understandable. You're, it's, yeah. you're a subtle man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there. I forgot the Watchmen is DC. Oh, that was one of my favorite comics. Yeah, yeah the Watch, so that the Watchmen yeah. is DC. That yes, would make is. sense. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot more. It's a lot grittier than Marvel for yeah, sure. Yeah, DC is way darker. Way. Yeah, more. DC absolutely. With the with a couple of exceptions. Uh, DC it does does dark much better than Marvel does. Yeah, you've got Blade and you've got uh, the Punisher, and that's about it when it comes yeah, to dark. D- yeah, Marvel's <laughs> about to Marvel's about to get into that space now. So they are. Yeah. So Kang, Kang can, the Conqueror is here, and I can't wait yeah, for that. I saw that on Loki. Yeah. So it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. So, Jason, do you have another question? Yeah, I, I was going to say, Tope, you are a McCombs grad, so I imagine you have uh, delivered a couple elevator pitches uh, in class <laughs> sometime or another. Being a well, product it was, it was during COVID, so it was during it was, it was all online. So it was it was all, okay. All, the, yeah. the 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 Zoom elevator pitch, yeah, uh, that that works. But if you had thirty seconds in an elevator with a five star recruit that's looking at Devon Texas, Campbell. You know, there there are a lot of there there are a lot of there are a lot of negative pitches that can be and have been thrown at Texas. What's your thirty seconds on why he wants to go here? It depends on who's the position, or is it O line? So we'll do we'll do Devon Campbell the start, and then we'll do let's you know let's do Evan Stewart because nothing's happened there. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Well, I I can't control I can't control where the money goes. I can't control nil deals and stuff like that, but. I can't speak on the people who I do know and, and, and interact with every day. So I can't speak on Coach Flood and his character as a human and, and just how he wants to develop people. And that's his main goal. If you want to go to the league, you have to get there by being developed. First of all, you could be a four or five star coming out of high school, but you still need to develop in college. So uh, my words to Devon Campbell or any other recruit is if you want to be developed and leave, actually leave in three to four years, Coach Flood is your guy. Uh, no other coach in the history of college football has won all three offensive line awards, Remington, uh, Joe, Joe Moore and Allen trophy. Nobody else has done that. So if you want to help build that and also build personal success, uh, Texas is the place for you and Coach floods, a guy for you. So how'd I do? That's pretty good. Yeah, that, like that came in at like 2023. 20, <laughs> yeah. I think Shit. <laughs> <You just> oh, <laughs> man, seven seconds to spare. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Well, I guess yeah. Like just just to make it general, if it, if you didn't know the position and you're just talking to a guy, what about the program and the future of the program? Would you sell? Well, I can sell myself, knowing I've been here for six years and being again, you know, being with three coaching staffs. Like for me to speak on that, I know, and you know, being here for as long as I have been, and saying, oh, this guy is a guy, Coach Shark is a guy. I feel like that carries some weight. You know, not not everybody's been in college for six years like I have been. Seen what I've seen, what I've seen, and experienced what I've experienced. So, uh, I can speak on. I can also speak on the offense where you're going to get the ball. Imagine, and Xavier Worthy is a prime is a prime example. He's not even. He just turned 18 a couple months ago, you know. So for him to put up the, his crazy numbers and be a freshman All American, uh, 
that can be you as well. You know, again, you got to buy in and then and just do you and just execute, you know, buy into the staff, buy into the plays, buy, in, buy into the type of offense you run, and you'll be successful regardless of what you do. So, how do you do, Jason? Again, sign up, sign them up. You know, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen comments con- saying like I should be like a GA for flood or some crap. Concise like, and to the point. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's being real with the recruits, you know, like I don't, I don't offer much, but I do offer honesty. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Can- yeah. The, the one other thing I would have mentioned is uh, free fruit in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> free fruit in the locker room. Free fruit. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. Like, like, you like, know, like uh, bananas. Oh, oh! <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble with Christian man. <laughs> oh God, that was a funny time, man. Funny time. But... Wake up from wake up from a nap, and you've got a snack right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he was hungry too, or something, man. Because we, 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 we just finished practice. And, uh, he might have been cramping because potassium. You, yeah, know, you never know. So you just never know. Was, 2018 was cramp season, man. <laughs> it, was so hot, it was so hot. We practiced them in uh, damn near in the afternoon. It was it was a tough year. So, well, Tope, so, yeah. we appreciate yeah. you joining us for the show. Uh, we really do appreciate you spending six years with Texas. You're a special dude. And uh, what are you going to be doing going forward? You know, just what what's the next step for Tope? Uh, well. Currently, I'm doing YouTube right now, just kind of seeing what's out there, doing stuff like I wouldn't have time to do it with football and school and, and football and grad school. So I have a YouTube channel called The Heroes Playbook. Y'all check it out. I'm just doing movie reactions, movies, anything Disney related, movies, uh, TV shows, Pixar, whatever it may be, because that's what makes me happy. and That's what I like. And people don't expect a, a big guy like me to love Disney and stuff like that and what they have to offer. But as a business, collectively, they offer a lot and they make a lot of people happy. So I want, I want to do the same thing. So uh right now is just youtube youtube stuff right now and uh currently doing looking at some internships and externships you know with how busy football is we don't really get the opportunity so uh just trying to get my feet wet and see and just kind of slowly adapt to the real world and uh get into the job space so we'll, we'll see how that goes but ultimately i want to work at disney and we'll see how that goes and how it looks like in the five to six years from now so so maybe we'll see you either animating or voicing a a Pixar character sometime here in the next few years. I'll, I'll, I'll be on I'll be on the marketing side. I'll, I'll, I'm trying to get people, yeah, I'm trying to get people to watch the movies, right? So uh, acting <laughs> acting isn't my thing. Like it's not, you know. But uh, it's uh, maybe 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 if I was like 30, 40 pounds less, maybe. But we'll see. Like I don't want to play a bodyguard in every movie. I, every movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we'll, we'll see man we'll see but right now it's a whole youtube space and uh it, it makes me happy you know um not everything is about sports right so yeah. uh it's what i'm doing now and it's making me happy and I can, i'm enjoying it right now so yeah i need to remember yeah. that not i know you're a dc sports. guy but i hope you're as jazz as i am about no way home coming out here pre- yeah <laughs> you should have seen me yesterday like dude <laughs> we were i was in my apartment you know denzel was asleep and um he had rehab and all that other stuff. And I get a notification saying, like, you know, you can get tickets at AMC. So, like, I threw my food out. I blew past and kids. Don't listen to this part, but I blew past like three, three, four stop signs, like just trying to get No Way Home tickets. And literally, <laughs> I got them just in time for I bought tickets for me and Denzel. You know, the highest row, two middle seats. Uh, our our kicker, uh, Lozano, Gabe Lozano, Gabo Lozano, call him Gabo. He bought the entire 
Elro. So he spent about $300 on, on last night. So <laughs> it was fun. But like the, just that excitement of rushing and going to buy tickets. Why I love movies so much. People, yeah, people have this escape and ha- get to get to experience these, these characters and these stories on the big screen and, you know, just kind of escape the real world. And that's why I love, that's why I love movies so much. So Twitter uh, was having a freak out session last night because apparently like all the ticket apps were just crashing. Yeah, like yeah, the Hindenburg. Dango, <laughs> AMT, all, all, all the crashed, right? So they all just went down. Yeah. I, I and, woke up and just laughed about it. <laughs> people are like, has sure. there, anybody ever seen anything like this? And I went, yeah, The Force Awakens, man. Every freaking yeah, ticket website that. crashed like, when that happened, like, when that movie was came that 2015? out. Was that 2015 when that uh, came out? I'd have to go look and double check, but I think it was something like that. I remember it was, it was, it was crazy. I remember it was, that was insane. It was insane. <laughs> well, Tope, yeah. where, so we can find you on YouTube. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Tope Mali. That's my personal Twitter account. And then my uh, YouTube Twitter account is uh, the heroes playbook. S H E R O E S playbook. Uh, I'm hoping to have more athletes on there and not just Texas athletes. I wanted to, I'm having this segment called origin stories. You know how superheroes have their own origin stories. I bring on other athletes. Like, let's say I'm say, I'm going to use Byron Murphy for an example. And he will give you his origin story, who he is, what he does, how to get to Texas, stuff like that. And that's just to offer other people an insight on if, if they have aspirations of playing college football or, you know, just to give you guys a, a little background of, uh, of who we are as people, you know? So uh you all you always i feel like it was a concept i came up with a couple weeks ago and i feel like y'all 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 love it so it shows another side of athletes y'all don't get to see so i'm happy to show that to you guys and there is a link to that youtube channel on his twitter twitter handle for those uh going to follow him on twitter that youtube link is the heroes playbook thank you guys and we also have to thank Brittany m and colsey for sponsoring uh the show through our patreon on Hornscast. so we do appreciate you guys for helping us, you know, do stuff like this. But that has been your Longhorn Nation podcast, fourth and five. I've been your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W-I-L-L-B-A-I-Z-E-R. Jacob Dedimore, where can we find you? At Kips underscore big underscore boy on Twitter. And Mr. Jason Chilton, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, knowthegame, K-N-O-W, the game 60. And you guys can find us and our other t- uh, other shows right here on the Hornscast channel. So we're going to have a few more for the end of the year. we got basketball going on with uh, the lovely Johnny Brashear and Tim Preston. And uh, obviously, Toby, this should be fun for you to – I want to see your reaction to this. The uh, Fire Steve Sarkeesian show. Um... <laughs> There's a Fire Steve Sarkeesian show? It's, a, it's, it's, it's been a running joke. It's a running they joke. They had the Fire Tom Herman podcast starting oh. his first year. And it's just, yeah, it's a running joke at this point. It's a running joke that Longhorn fans want to fire their coach immediately as soon as they yeah. get them. Yeah. <laughs> so Topa had this horrified look on their face like, what? Yeah, I'm like, Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening, and we'll see y'all next week. Hook them. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>